It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everyone, Nikki here. I thought I would attempt to do a little voice note wrapping up the 15-point penalty that was handed down to Juventus by the Italian Football Federation on Friday and sort of where everything's at and I guess what we can expect going forwards. Bear with me because there's, there's a lot going on in this verdict and in the sort of bigger picture around it. And even as I'm doing this, I'm trying to work out what's the best way to read this all together in a way that is um, sort of easy to explain and and, and covers off the important things because there's a lot happening and I'm, I don't want to sort of overwhelm you guys' information because it is an overwhelming amount of information, even for, for those of us covering it. So, you know, the, the headline detail, of course, again, as I just said, Juventus have been docked 15 points in this Serie A season by the Italian Football Federation. And ridiculous as this will sound, the truth is that we don't actually know why they came to that decision yet. The Italian Football Federation will publish their sort of full verdict, their reasons for why this sort of punishment was decided on within 10 days of the verdict. So I guess a bit fewer than that now, because of course the verdict was passed on Friday, but 10 days is, is a deadline. I want to say to you that I expect something will probably come out this week. Because it feels too big not to, but I, you know that's that's the timeline that they have is is ten days. So until we have that, we can't really sort of say with certainty this is why this happened. What we can talk about is the case that was made by the the prosecutor. So big picture again, we're talking about the um, plus valenza case. Plus valenza is an Italian word that more or less means capital gains, and as regular listen to the podcast will already know this is sort of a something that's been going on for a while. There was an initial sort of case brought forward involving a number of clubs and a bigger number of, of transfers which were under suspicion. The uh, Italian Football Federation's prosecutors had a look at it, uh, hearings were had and the verdict in the end was, well, the thing is you can't set an objective price on a footballer, can you? You know, in the hearings, they were bringing in transfer values from transfermarket.com and in places like that. And there is no objectivity in the transfer market. People will pay a price for a footballer that they think is right. And, you know, you can't tell someone that's wrong. 
So it becomes very hard to pin down. And when I talk about, sorry, I should have explained this bit first. When I talk about Pusvalenza, what I'm talking about with Capital Game is what's sort of suspicious, I suppose, and interesting to that federation. What they're interested in is this idea that clubs, and this is a practice that in, in all reality has been going on for years and years, and not just in Italy, but clubs will do exchange deals in which they write up the value of players higher than that player's value perhaps really is, because that allows them to put better numbers on their balance sheets. And it comes down to then the mechanism of amortization, because if you buy a player for a million pounds on a two-year contract, then actually what you write down on your balance sheet is 500,000 for each year of the contract. So it's a million split into two. Or if it was uh, four years, you could do 250,000 for each year of the contract. So all you're spending is the uh, total amount divided by the years of the contract on your balance sheets. This is perfectly like legal, accepted accounting practice. If you are selling someone at the same time for exactly the same value, you can write down the full sale value. Um, so this is why it's sort of mutually beneficial if you're doing a part exchange deal to send two players in opposite directions at an inflated value, because it means you both can write off the value of that player in amortization over a number of years, whereas the um, price that you can sell for is, is um, immediate on your balance sheet. So it's, this is, again, it's creative accounting, but it's completely legal and, and 100% has been going on all over Europe for a long time. And again, in that initial hearing, the Football Federation said, look, we can't tell, dictate to clubs what, what the value they should spend on a footballer is. So that's um, not a thing. This all gets reopened because the prosecutor in Turin goes digging and finds, um, well, conducts wiretaps communications, interceptions, uh, then gets search and seize warrants, goes and finds a bunch of documents at Juventus's offices and gets a lot more detail of things going on behind the scenes. And the reason that prosecutors brought to this hearing, this latest hearing against Juventus, was this wasn't something sort of occasional, accidental, run-of-the-mill things that happened. This was a system. This was something deliberate. This was something they were very aware of and that they knew they were doing the wrong thing. That's, that's essentially what the prosecutor's case boils down to. Again, can't stress enough, we do not know what the Italian Football Federation have given in their final reasoning. That will come out in the next few days. But that was the prosecutor's case. And look, some of the, the evidence that, that we have sort of heard that, that has been public is pretty sort of compelling stuff. You, you sort of have a conversation, a phone conversation between John Alcan and Andrea Agnelli in 2021, where Agnelli is saying that we've made excessive recourse to this instrument of Pus Valenza. That's something that he sort of said in, in his own words. Then you have interception between Maurizio Arrivabene and, and Agnelli, where you have Agnelli talking about saying, you know, yes, I know COVID has been an issue, but the reason we're in a mess effectively is because we've got, in his words, we have clogged up the machine with amortizations and a portfolio with shit. It's all shit underneath that we cannot say. So the prosecutor in their arguments was saying, hey, this is the shit that he's talking to is, is fictitious. That's what that is. And then another detail that the prosecutor sort of picked on was they found these documents where there was sort of transfers being laid out and they had player names listed and they had some players listed in potential exchanges and in place of some of the names 
there would be a number, but there wouldn't be a name. There would just be a, a letter X. And the prosecutor's case is arguing, hey, well, that's because the player's name didn't matter. All that mattered was the value. That's a case that absolutely Juventus would contest. And, and the counter argument at the appeal was that this is just a way they were marking down sort of something that was yet to be defined. And, and it's not this sort of great malicious process that the prosecutor's working out. Cannot stress that enough. Um, Juventus are completely defending themselves against this verdict. They said they're going to appeal it immediately. They published a statement within an hour. And essentially their position is we're going to appeal this. This verdict is wrong. And we can't say much more than that until we've seen the full verdict, which is completely reasonable from their point of view. They can't very well appeal against something until they know what they're appealing against. But that's where we are effectively with the, the, the 15 point ban. The way the appeal works in Italy, the way the system is set up, the next step of appeal they can go to is with the um, Italian Olympic Committee in Rome. You, you go to that level of appeal and the, the appeal can't sort of be on any old grounds. They, they effectively sort of have to make the case that this sort of, that this was an illegitimate decision argue that in some way that the, the, the correct process of things haven't been followed. And then what would happen if the Italian Olympic Committee court agrees with them is they'll send it back to the, the, the Court of, of Appeal within the Italian Football Federation where it's just been heard. So what they'll be arguing for is to go back to this Court of Appeal and, and re-argue it. If they don't get that, then, I mean, there are even higher sort of levels that this can be appealed to. It can be appealed through the Italian you know, this is all the sporting courts. They can appeal it to the legal courts. They can also take it to the European sporting courts. That this this will not be um, a sort of over and done quietly or quickly situation. I, I shouldn't imagine. And I think this this appeals process will be going for a while. But obviously, for now, in the standings, fifteen point penalty and Juventus's ticketing office. I feel like making sort of mischief with a, a, an immediate offer of 15% off tickets for the game against Atalanta. I'll be, I will be really interested to see how um, Juventus' sports are going to respond to this and just in general what the reaction is going to be. Um, there hasn't been much noise out of the club in terms of the players and, and coaching standpoint. We've seen a few players post sort of messages of togetherness on, on socials. Max Allegri, sorry it's late, saying, um, you know, this is it's easy to be good when things are going well. It's, you know, in these tough moments, you've got to stand up basically. So on that side of things, they're sort of presenting a united front. Uh, the club, again, is planning to appeal and, and disagrees with this verdict completely. That's where we are with um, Juventus and, and the judgment. The other sort of big part of this judgment, of course, is bans for directors. There was Agnelli, of course, former president. Maurizio Bene, who's the former CEO, both got two-year bans. Federico Cherubini, a sporting director, 16-month ban. Pavel Nedved had an eight-month ban. And Fabio Paratici, of course, now at Tottenham, 30-month ban. Again, <laughs> can't say much of the details as to why those were given until we've seen the Italian Football Federation publish its verdict. But that is where that came to. Now, Moving from there onto another thing that I know a lot of people have asked questions about. If you're wondering, so what about all the other clubs that were in the initial Plus Valenza case? They were absolved. And I 
completely would understand why people would look at that and go, oh, this is a conspiracy. It's just coming after Juventus. Why weren't those other clubs' situations looked at again if, the, if we're being looked at again? And I think there's a very reasonable sort of instinctive argument that gets made that's, well, hang on, if Juventus were doing all these clever, inflated transfer exchanges, it takes two to tango. You can't do a, an inflated value part exchange without someone to, to do that with, which is obviously true. I think what people maybe underestimate at this point of the judgment, and again, we just don't know until the, the verdict gets published. The clubs that have been absolved at this point are the ones who are in that initial investigation. That doesn't mean that this verdict isn't going to introduce investigations for a whole bunch of new clubs. It's very possible that what we see off the back of this is, well, this is what we found, this is what we heard from the prosecutors, and this is now a whole heap of different clubs that we want to, to investigate what they've been up to. Speculatively, we can talk about who else was mentioned in these wiretap, wiretaps that came out of the Prisma investigation. Atalanta, Sassuolo, Barcelona, these were, were clubs that Juventus did business with. And, and so who knows, frankly, if anything could, could happen with those clubs. I, I'm not saying it will, but I also sort of just want to sort of clarify that the teams that have been absolved does not mean that no other club is going to be investigated. That's sort of just saying that the clubs that they looked at previously they didn't have further evidence to go on with them. And, um, you know, again, part of the reason Juventus are here is because it was the prosecutor in Turin who went and did those investigations and, and did the wiretaps locally, I suppose. And will this throw open incentive for other prosecutors in other parts of the country to do the same? All open questions and not questions that, that I can answer right now. Where was I up to? God, there's so many things I wanted to um, say on this. Oh, yeah, another really important part, I think, of saying in, in Juventus' sort of defence and, and disagreement with this verdict. Again, we don't ha have the verdict, so Juventus is holding fire on its full appeal, but certainly one of the arguments that will be made is the fact that these wiretaps were all conducted in 2021. The accounts that the that were under investigation in the Bus Valenza investigation are, are prior to that. And so they're going to make the case that these are conversations that happened after the fact. When you're talking about something after the fact, it's, it's not a contemporary conversation. It's not sort of talking about something in an ongoing way and can be open to misinterpretation. These are all complicated arguments that, that I'm probably muddying the water even by bringing up, but those are things that are going to, to get um, certain re sort of discussed in the days ahead. That is where that's up to. So Juventus have 30 days to lodge their appeal. So again, 10 days from the verdict to get the, 10 days from the decision to get the actual verdict. Uh, Juventus have 30 days uh, to appeal. And um, yes, uh, absolutely. We can expect more to happen with that. Um, is there anything else that I feel like I need to add on to this right now? Yes. Um, so this is tip of the iceberg stuff. Um, I wanted to add on it in some extent, because this is really just about the Plus Valenza, the um, um, capital gains, and specifically sort of within the remit of the Italian Football Federation. There's still an open question about whether there could be, because this was a reopening of that Plus Valenza initial investigation that, and, and hearings that have been held by the Italian Football Federation. There's an open question about whether or not there could be further consequences to hearings about the um, Unclear situation, I suppose, with Juventus players giving up part of their wages during COVID. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, it was sort of publicly said that 
Juventus players were going to give up several months of their wages and the contention that was brought forward by prosecutors in their investigations as that came out as part of the prison investigations was that actually um, Juventus players did not give up the amount of wages that had been publicly said. They gave up a smaller amount and either had sort of the remainder made up to them by deferred wages, either paid as a bonus for loyalty staying on or as a sort of golden handshake if they left the club. So that was not part of this verdict. So it doesn't mean that will lead to further punishments, further further hearings, but it could. So that is open because we have talked about that and that was a sort of much discussed sort of important new thread to the Prisma investigation. That is not what has been litigated so far and that could yet come into um, further scrutiny. Then you have sort of the the non-sporting courts part of this, the civil proceedings that will happen in in Italian legal courts, which relates to some of it relates to 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 indeed to that, because of course one element of that was did Juventus sort of financially mislead the markets? They are a publicly listed company, and if they did, what's the consequence of that? And that is all to play out still in the courts, completely separately to this process in the months ahead. And of course, all of that stuff, the um, allegations of, of financial misreporting that could have further consequences for the individuals on the board as well. That's another thread that we can cross off. I suppose the other big thread to this is what is the consequence with European bodies, with UEFA and international bodies, the FIFA. Uh, certainly, UEFA have still got their ongoing interest in the situation and Clearly, if Juventus are found to have reported things incorrectly, then that has a knock-on impact for financial fair play. Juventus have been in a settlement agreement with UEFA. So again, situations that could be reopened and looked at. And it's a great big iceberg we're looking at, guys. When we talk about the tip of the iceberg, there's so many unknowns even now, even after this 15-point penalty. We don't even know the reasons why this, this penalty was handed down. And without that, nobody knows what's coming next. But there's, there's a whole lot of things still to be determined. What were the reasons? What will Juventus' appeal look like? Will that appeal be um, accepted? And will this get thrown back to Italian Football Federation? Or will it have to go up to, to higher levels to the um, European Court of Arbitration for Sport? What, if anything, will come of the unclear situation with those wages. Will there be further Italian Football Federation uh, hearings? Will they go anywhere else? And then yes, the all of the the the, the open sort of stock market part of it. I'm rambling a bit now, I feel. I've tried to sort of synthesize a lot of information for you in this um voice note. I'm gonna gonna leave it there. I'm certain we're gonna come back to this. I'm certain there's gonna be more to say about it, but hopefully that gives you a picture of where everything is and why there is much more to be found out. But just wanted to stress again that that is another part of it. We don't know from what little we know so far. We don't know that this is definitely going to be a story just limited to Juventus. There is just because the clubs that were inv- involved in the initial Plus Valenza case have been absolved in this situation does not mean that other clubs aren't going to get looked at more closely once this verdict is fully published and we know who Juventus are said to have behaved incorrectly with. So yes, very heavy voice note. Um, Looking forward to uh, talking about the football again with Mina on Monday and no doubt talking about this some more 
And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you for the, the main podcast then. All right, gang, speak soon. Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Sports Social Podcast Network.